without further ado, I'd like to introduce my big sister, my actual sister, because I know that word is used all the time around the internet, but this is my actual sister, Wakia. Welcome to the podcast. Woohoo, thank you so much. So I would love to start by just learning a little bit about what you do both professionally and um, side hustle or outside of your nine to five and um, how you got started. Um, okay. All right. So um, professionally, I work for DOD. Um, I am a, a PM, a program, a program manager for DOD. I've pretty much been in that environment now um, about 24 or five years now. Um, it's good. It's good. I can't, I can't, I can't really complain. Um, but over, I'm going to say probably the last 10 years or so, I've sort of did other, you know, I've sort of shift. One of the things I do outside of work is I'm a realtor. I've been doing that now about, mm, I'm going to say maybe about, this is my 11th year. And recently, probably within the last three or four years, but I'm going to say probably, I'm going to say, I don't know, maybe about a couple of years, I sort of done this other shift where I've gone more into a coaching, more mentoring. Um, you know, I sort of, I've sort of leaned more into that role, more just trying to help people, help, help people be better people. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really big about mental health and about, you know, um, emotional intelligence and those kind of things. So as life has sort of progressed, I've sort of moved more into that. Mm -hmm. um, so what was the moment for you where um, it kind of shifted, where you had been working in corporate America for majority of your professional career? Was there any particular moment that caused that to shift where you wanted to focus on something else? Um, I think it was a couple of things. It was, I think one of the main things was, um, I'm going to say, so I'm 43, I'm 42 now. And I'm going to say probably when I hit like 35, maybe, maybe about 33, 35, I started going through this other thing in life where uh, God was like talking to me all the time. Like he would ask me questions like, now what? Like now what? Like, you know, you have this house, you have this great job, you know, you drive this, um, these new cars, um, you know, you, you know, you look like you live in American dream. You got a good husband. You're in good health. And God starts saying, "Now what?" <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know. I don't know what you want." <laughs> Basically, I was like, "I don't know. What you? What? I don't know what you think. What you think we should do?" Um, and I just, I don't know. I mean, it was like constant. But you know, He took me on this on this series of journeys, right? He took me on this thing where it was like, you know, He kept asking me questions like, "Who am I?" Who am I? You know, who am I? Who, who, who do you say I am? And I mean, it was like constant. It was like, it was like, you know, it was, and at first, so let's be truthful. At first, it didn't start off as me understanding who was talking because it was sounding like whispers. And I remember telling my husband, I was like, you know what? I just feel like I have, like, I feel like something is talking. I feel like I should be doing something. And I said, and I said, I said, I, I hear a lot of, <laughs> you know what I'm but it was because I was so busy. I'm moving so fast. I ain't got time to hear what he's saying because I'm listening. I'm chasing paper. I got things going on. I'm hot and popping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got things moving. And mm, I don't know. It's like after a while, I started intentionally um, slowing down. I started intentionally seeking out God because, you know, the, the relationship with God is an intentional one. Like, you know, you don't just fall into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, it's intentional. He may wake you up initially and you fall into it, right? You might, you know, when you first come into Christ, you're like, you know, you sort of just 
wake up one day and you're there and you're and you're you're um you because something has happened traumatic and now you're you know you you go to die or whatever and then you and then you're all in but then when you start to walk with Christ for a while it now it has to become an intentional relationship it's it's, it's like any other relationship you have out here right except for the one with God is God knows your heart <laughs> So you can't snow him. You can't, you can't, you know, you can't uh, sugarcoat. And so as time was going on, he, um, all the whispering, and he started asking me questions like, you know, now what, now what, now what? And I just start feeling that as I start to really inventory my life, I realized I had nothing. I had nothing like concrete, right? I had nothing concrete. I had, um, I had stuff. I got stuff out of the yin yang. Like I got stuff for days. I got more stuff than I can ever think of, that I can ever envision. Um, even now, I walk around my house and I am amazed and overwhelmed and, and extremely humbled that I'm here. Um, but in real life, I realize that this is nothing. Like, this stuff is nothing to me. It is It is really nothing to me. And what's the most important thing to me um, is God and me being the hands and feet of God. That's the most important. Mm-hmm. And, as, and as things start going on, as, as he starts asking me those questions, like, what are you, now what, now what, now what? And I start saying, well, what you want me to do, Lord? What you want me to do? I don't know what. Because you know what? You get to a point where you you did everything you thought you could do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're right. like, okay, great. I got this. I got this. And you're like, uh, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I still got a lot of life to live, though. So what am I doing now? And that's when I started to try to see. I started paying attention to other people and start trying to um, see where I could help, where I can be more of a help. Um, and And to help you know, without any credit, right? To help, not because I wanted to be credit, not because I wanted to be all about me. I'm just doing it just for the fact of just doing it, you know, just doing it because of the fact that, you know, um, you know, you should be happy and you, and you should, you should be able to, you know, we're charged to be the hands and feet of Christ. That's what we're here to do. And so, you know, I take that role seriously. Mm-hmm. And so even in my professional life, I start to shift into, I've started to shift my professional life into more into my personal life by doing those kind of things, even at work. Mm-hmm. So I would actually like to, um, before we get into like the specifics of like how you started to make that transition with the coaching business, because mm-hmm. I know that that was like a journey for you, but I would love to talk about just your relationship with Christ. And because like hearing you speak and we have conversations all the time, so I know this, but I think it would be beneficial for other people to hear it. How hearing you speak, there's so much um, confidence when you talk about God. There's so much uh, clarity and just like assurance, you know, that he's there and that's how you started to make make your way, as you said, the first time we were talking from chasing, you know, chasing paper to chasing purpose. And I want to know how did you get to that point? Like, what was your relationship like with Christ, you know, growing up? And how did you get to this point <laughs> where you're you're confident in your relationship with God. So, you know what? It's so funny, right? I remember, um, well, you know, because, so, Tima, because we have different different moms, you know, while you do grow up to mm-hmm. a mom and dad, and I grew up with my mom, right? So, my mom, um, you know, when I was little, she she would take me to church. So, I remember, I don't know, maybe, you know, eight, nine, or whatever, I remember us going to church. I remember us not having a car, so I was walking to church. And then as, as we got like a little older, um, I'm going to say maybe about 10 or 12 or something like that, my mom stopped going to church. But at that point, church was what I knew that was important to me. So I remember my mom laying in the bed sleep and I'm getting up on Sunday mornings going to church. 
walking, girl, walking, in ch- and listen, in church shoes, in church shoes, ma'am, I have, you can't wear sneakers back then, so I got on church clothes, <laughs> walking to church, you know, and, um, and it just got to the point where even as I was, even as I was a teenager and everything, um, a lot of my friends and stuff would be wilding out, doing this, that, and the third. That just wasn't my thing. I went to church. Like, that was my thing. I found, I found solace there because what I realized was early on was, um, there was just something in me to realize that it had to be more to life than this. You know, we, you know, uh, we grew up very poor. We grew up, you know, in, in drug addicted and alcohol infested homes. So I would look around. I used to say, it got to be more than life than this. Like it got to be. And even though I didn't know what it was, because when I looked to the left and to the right of me, everybody else was living just like we were living crazy, just wilding out. But, (laughs) you know, I still believe that there had to be something more than this. And I remember telling God that, you know what, if, if, if you just, if you just tell me what to do, I do it. Cause I, I literally was lost. Like, you know, just lost, just had no idea what to do. And I remember when I was, um, my mom put me out at 17. So at 17 years old, I was still in high school and, and she, I was like, I was still in high school. She put me out and I ended up living, moving into a, um, later on, I ended up moving into a boarding house. Boarding house, um, for people who don't know, <laughs> is a house where you just rent a room and it's everybody in that house. Like, it's every, and you rent a room and you just have, like, there's like maybe one or two, there's like maybe one bathroom, two bathrooms or whatever, but you're sharing that bathroom and you're sharing the kitchen and all those kind of things. You literally just have a room. Well, in that room, um, I was living with my boyfriend at the time. He and I both were living in the boarding house. Um, he was fighting me all the time and I'm still just trying to get there. Like I'm still, I still knew there was something better, better for me, but I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes life gets so far in the way. You can't see it. You just can't see it. You know, and I would remember there was a song that's called take me back. Like, you know, take me back to where we first started, you know, like it's like, and I remember I would hum that song sometimes to myself, like, well, I just need you to take me back to where when I was a kid and I believed everything. I believed everything. Mm-hmm. Cause at that time in my life at 17, eight, I think at the time I was, um, when I was living in the boarding house, I was probably about 17. Um, I just didn't really understand what was happening. It was so much activity going on in my life at the time. I was, like I said, I was living in a boarding house. The boy, I, the guy I was with was fighting me all the time. And um, I was working at a factory. You know, I had graduated from high school, but I was working at a factory. And I remember one day, um, he and I had gotten to this really bad argument. And uh, we, we was fighting or whatever. And he, and, and the thing about, people who manipulate you, they, the thing they do is like to isolate you. So he, I didn't have a car. He had a car. So he would, we would get up and go fight and he would leave and leave me in this crazy, in his house by myself. And I couldn't get to any of my friends. I couldn't do any of that. Those was before the days of a cell phone. So um, I remember sitting at a house and this is no lie to you. I remember sitting at a house. It was Sunday morning. It was a Sunday morning and I'm going to date myself now, um, but there was, used to be this on BT, Bobby Jones Gospel used to come on. So people who, old, know, this, who know this joint, they go like, oh, I remember Bobby Jones Gospel. Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones Gospel used to come on. And I remember sitting there and watching. And I, so when, when he would be gone, I would have the, the TV on mute. And I would sort of, well, I always have it on mute or very, very low because I would be wanting to hear what else was going around me in the house. Because like I said, while... I was living in the house. I personally have never drank and never smoked, but everybody around me living in that house, they was doing everything they could do all, all the time. So when he wasn't there with me, I would literally have the, the TV down really low just so I can sort of hear some of the, uh, some of the, some of the other activity in the house. And um, mm-hmm. 
that day he had left and I was sitting there watching Bobby Jones gospel and I'm watching this lady and she is shouting and praising God. And I mean, I could see her just as clear as day right now. She's like shouting and praising God. And I remember sitting there looking at this when I remember saying, Lord, I want to feel that. Like, I want to feel that joy, that joy that is so unstoppable and so real that you, that those tears that you're crying are tears of joy and not the ones I had been crying, which was tears of absolute misery. You know what I'm saying? I was like, Lord, I want to feel that. Like, how can I feel that? And that day in that boarding house, just me, that TV and God, I asked God to come into my life like, like as an adult, you know what I'm saying, like as a grown-up, not, um, not as my mom taking me to church or not as me going to church because that's what I thought I should do. That, at that day, I accepted God in my Christ. I accepted God as my personal Lord and Savior that day for me as an adult, like conscientiously understanding this is what I'm doing. Mm. And girl, this is no lie. That was like, I'm going to say, I'm a, that was probably... That was in 1995, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say it was probably either January or February of 1995. By May of 1995, I was in the military, literally. Wow. Like by May, and I was just, and it wasn't easy. Like I would see God like preserve me, and I would see, I would see the devil try to do stuff to stop me. Like my my boyfriend at the time, he would fight me. Like I was supposed to go to the Mets to join. The night I was supposed to go to the, the Mets to actually sign on my paperwork and pick my job or whatever. We got into this big old fight, and he hit me so hard, I could not close my mouth. So I couldn't go to the MEPS because I didn't want to go to the MEPS because I didn't want to get disqualified. You know what I'm saying? But all I kept doing was kept praying and saying, Lord, you know, it got to be more than this. Like, it got to be more than this. And it's like my, I, had, I was blessed with a great recruiter who came in and sort of, he would come and meet me at my factory job. And um, I was overweight, and he would, you know, walk with me around my parking lot on my lunch break craziness like I would and God just started putting plate people in my life to help me and help me get to that next step you know what I'm saying like just help me get there and, and all I kept doing was just praying like you know Lord I don't know what you're doing but I go wherever you tell me to go I go and girl I got down to the map and that was a whole like little drug there just to get me down there because I had to tell my the boyfriend that look I'm, I want to go in because you know for us because at the time he had a record so he wasn't going nowhere but I was like you know I want to go in for us like I'm gonna go in for us so you know, you got to let me go. Like, you got to let me, um, you got to let, you got to stop fighting me if I can get in. Like, you got to leave me alone for a minute if I can get in. And, you know, when you're in those kind of, when you're in those kind of relationships, when you're in an abusive relationship, because you're so isolated, you literally feel like there is nowhere for you to go. Like, you feel, and the thing that was so crazy with my, with my relationship was, nope, all my friends thought he was great. Like, all my friends, like, I could never tell a friend of mine that this guy was fighting me. The reason why, because he was smart enough never to hit me in my face. Never to hit me anywhere where anybody would see. And um, well, up until that, up until that, up until the time right before I went to the maps, that was like the first time he had really hit me. Because when he hit me, then he hit me in my temple. What he normally would do was just like choke out. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So you really couldn't see. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like anything you could really see. See, so he would, you know, um, but he isolated me so much. But you know, he was one of those people who, every time I had to go somewhere, he was always right there. You know, he came and picked me up here. He took me there. He did this. He did that. And my friends, because, you know, we young, we 17, 18 years old. My friends think I got the best boyfriend ever because we got, we living together. You know, he's always so attentive. I ain't never got a hunt for them jokers, but they didn't know the joker was crazy. He was crazy in the range, wow. ma'am. And I was living in a hell of my own. <laughs> and, um, but I couldn't really tell anybody. And, and honestly, it was because of the fact that one, embarrassment on my part, shame on my part, because I was tough. Like I was a tough chick. Like, you know. Um, yeah, you know, so I was, I was tough. So it was, 
the thought of me confessing that to anyone too was hard. So I really wasn't telling anyone. And um, yeah, and I just, all I knew though, I had to get out of there. Like, and I was just holding on to God, believing that God was going to get me out of there. And I remember right before I went to, um, right before I went back to the Mets, me and him had gotten into this other argument. And it just so happened at that time, my best friend was there with me. And we was up in the house and he said something to me and I said some smart back and I thought I was safe because she was there because he never cut up, cut up in front of nobody. And this joker took a Reebok shoe. And I don't know if you know, you know, look at the bottom of a Reebok shoe, but you know, Reebok has that emblem. He slapped me yeah. so hard with that Reebok shoe to where the Reebok emblem was across my face. Wow. My best friend, that was the first time she'd ever seen anything like that. She had no idea. She literally sat there speechless, like no words, no words. And he, you know, huffed and puffed or whatever and left. And, um, and I remember her looking at me saying, what the heck? She didn't say heck, trust. <laughs> you know, she was like, what is happening right now? And, you know, and I tried to explain, but I really couldn't explain because it was just too crazy. And all I kept telling her is, I got to get to the map. Like, just let me. I'm going to hold out. I was going to be going to the next that following week. I was like going back to the map that following week. I was like, let me just get to the map. And I remember going to, um, like I said, I was working in a factory at that time as well. And I remember going to the Mets and um, picked my job. I had a great recruiter. I mean, I had a really great recruiter. You know, um, he gave me some really good advice about don't pick a job that you can do when you get out of here. Like, if there's a job that you can recognize on the street, don't pick that job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You want to pick something that's special, that's outside the box, because that's gonna have to, that's what's going to get you out of here. And he's right. like, don't pick cook, don't pick, don't, don't pick driver, don't pick nothing crazy, because he said they're going to throw a lot of money at you. Don't pick none of those jobs, pick a good job. And so I picked this job, telecom operator, and man, I just never looked back. And so that's why my confidence with God is so strong, just because I, I, I say that, you know, God had to grow, take his sleeves and roll his sleeves up and reach down deep and pull me out and shake me off and put me on a path. You know what I'm saying? Because it wasn't like it was like an right. easy thing. Like, you know, he, he's just been there. He's been there and he's been solid. And when nobody else was there, God stayed in the gap for me. And he, he would put people in my place for me. And he would, you know, just hold me and keep me, girl, keep this mind straight. You know what I'm saying? Keep this mind from going all over the place and thinking crazy thoughts. God did that for me. He did that for me back then when I ain't know enough to know enough. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so with that, with me, with the knowledge of him, me knowing where he brought me from, Everything from this point, every, all this other stuff, I look up and I say, you know what, Lord, this right here is all, this is all you. Like, because I had no vision. I had no thought. I had no idea. I had no idea any of this stuff was possible. I just had no idea. None, I had none. So the thought of um, me being able to do it and, and, and knowing that it really wasn't me really, right, I realized that he was guiding me. So when he started asking me questions like, now what? I'm like, okay, I guess now it's time for me to pony up. You know what I'm saying? And that's pretty much right. where the shift started to take place. Mm-hmm. So I realized that was a long oh, story, but I hope that I hope that cleared it up. Oh no, that answered so many of my questions that I was gonna ask you next. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Um mm-hmm. so I wanna know for for a person that may be in that in that season, right? They're in that what feels like a pit, feels like they're isolated, whatever situation they're going through, like if if they don't have that type of closeness with God, what 
type of like practical advice would you give somebody in that situation? So I think the easiest way to get to, to um, if you're feeling far from God or feeling like you're just like a little shiftless and a little um, adrift, um, it's honestly is to start paying attention to other people and to try to help somebody else because there's always somebody out here worse off than you. Like seriously, like, I mean, even like the smallest things, like you can do like some of the smallest things out here that will really help other people. And when you start to like do something like, you know, something simple like just a smile to somebody or something just as simple mm -hmm. as going up to a homeless person and buying a homeless person like something to eat or just, do, you know, just doing something. Or an uh, easy thing too is go to a park and watch kids. Watch kids play. Because kids, and don't do it creepily because ain't nobody trying to get you arrested right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like watch children because children, they are so honest. They are so free. You know what I'm saying? Children have their whole lives in front of them still and they are just, they are just free. And if you tell them that this is good, they believe with everything in them that that's good. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. go back to that. And then I think a really easy thing though is to talk to God, like talk to him. Because you may think he ain't listening. I totally didn't think he was listening to me. Like why would he? Already, you know, um, but he's always listening. He's always right there, like listening. So if you go out here and start to pay attention to other people, take your mind off your problems. Don't think about what you got going on. And I know that's hard, but when you start to go out here and help other people, amazingly, your problems won't seem that bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because there's always somebody out here got something going on worse than you. You know, um, but if you start to do those little things, because then people start coming at you saying stuff like, oh my gosh, you're such a blessing. And oh my gosh, you know, I can, you know, you did this for me. This is so great. Or when you said this to me, that's so, and those people have no idea that you're going through. They have no idea. Right. But what you have done, then you have shifted. You have shifted the whole thing. And you've pretty much let your stuff go, which is ultimately what we're supposed to do anyway, right? Is, you know, give God your, your issues. Let your stuff go. And then you start to be the hands and feet of God and start to do something for somebody else. That right there to me, it's always my game, my game changer. And lastly, is praise and worship. Like listen to something that's going to get you hyped up. Like not angry hyped up, not nothing crazy, but something that's going to get you, that's going to motivate you. Something that's going to, you know what I'm saying? That's something that's going to, you know, just take you, take you away. Because the, the battle that you're facing right now, the battle that people face when they're in an environment, it's a spiritual battle. It's a lot of other stuff going on, true. Like, you know, life as you know it could be, you know, it, everything could be blowing up. I'm not saying, I'm not taking a light of that. You could be sick. You know, your, your bills cannot be paid. Your job ain't really needs to be where it needs to be. You could be failing in school. You could be having real world problems. I'm not taking a light of that. But with, really in real life, what it boils down to, there is somebody else who have experienced that very same thing and they made it. Yeah. It's all about how you think about it. You know what I'm saying? What are you thinking on? What is your, what is your concentration on? So you got to shift that. And, right. and, that's, and that's where it comes down to that whole thing of um, moving forward. Like, that's where it all first started. Even when I was in that situation with my boyfriend, in my heart, I knew that I was, I was called for something better than this. It got to be more than life than this. I always knew that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know how to get there, but I was willing to take one step, though. It was like, the, you, know, you know my analogy is the Billie Jean video. You know, so for me... <laughs> You know, I never know really where I'm going. Like, I don't really have a real solid plan a lot of times. So it's literally that I'm just like, Lord, wherever you tell me to go, I will go. And there's a, there's a passage in the Bible about how the Lord will be your lamp standing at your feet. So I look at that like the, the uh, Billie Jean video, how when you step and there's a, like the, that light is, you know, that you step where he's lit. You know what I'm saying? Where that, where that area has light lit up. And that's what I do. I pretty much just take a step. And I take another step. 
and I take another step. And then when I get to a point where I have to make a crossroad, I have to make a decision. Which one am I going to choose? Which am I going to do something for myself or am I do something, you know, for the kingdom? Am I going to do something for God? Am I going to do something that I know that's right? Because we all know the difference between right and wrong. A lot of times, though, it's just a conflict between right and me. <laughs> what's right and what I really want. <laughs> and that's pretty much what yeah. it is. I think what you you touched on some great points, especially like what you mentioned around like shifting your mindset in the midst of all of the craziness that may be happening around you. Like I talk about that so much because it is so vital. Like it's so even just shifting your mindset and believing that God does hear you and God does want the best for you and God is right there leading every step. It's like having that mindset shift like allows you to actually believe that first. Because if you don't, if you don't believe that, then you're not going to pray to God. You're not going to talk to God. You're not going to seek him. You're just going to, you know, go through what you're going through and kind of just avoid taking that level of initiative. So I'm glad you touched on that. And I'm also glad that you touched on the fact that at 41, you still have moments where you don't know what the next step is. Like, I think that that's such a relief to hear. And I'm sure so many other women that are listening can probably relate that at 41, you're like, I still don't know sometimes like where I'm going next and what I'm doing next, but it's about trusting, trusting that process. Um, so finally, I want to touch on um, your transition to you focusing on your business now, because I know it was kind of scary for you. <laughs> um, like we talked about this months ago and I remember you being like, no, I don't know if I can do it. And like, probably not doing it. I, probably not doing it. <laughs> and you're, and you're you're completely doing it. Like she has her own podcast, which I'll be sure to um, give her time to talk about that a little bit towards the end. But yeah, tell us about about that journey and how you really um, worked with God during that to get the courage to start your business. So, you know, that journey is still ongoing. So I'm still on that path, right? So let, let me just honestly say that, um, wow, that, you know, part of being... I always try to talk about living in my truth, right? What is my truth? In order for me to know to know my truth, that means I have to spend time with me. I have to spend time with God. I have to spend time in God's word. Um, and as I as I thought about the best way for me to help, right? What can I do to help? So there's a story in the Bible that talks about how there's a parable and it talks about how this man had these three servants and he gave one servant one talent, another one like, well, I think like two or so and the other one like four or something and it, or five or something. And and the dude who had the five, he came back, he doubled it. The dude who had the two, he came back, he doubled it. The dude that had the one, he came back and he was like, he just had his one. And he was like, well, oh master, you know, you was a, I, I, I know that you were a fear, you know, a hard leader and I wasn't trying to start no trouble. So I hid mine and I was like, I'm going to make sure I don't lose it. And then obviously the, the master got mad at him, was like, what the world, you know, I gave you that. You need to go out here and do something with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you can't just, you can't just hold it. That's not why I gave it to you. You need to go out here and do it. Even if you don't have a lot, if you only have that one, you got to use that. So that parable start playing in my mind a lot. Like it start playing in my mind. Like, girl, like it was like a movie that you don't watch and you can't get rid of it. Or like a song you don't heard, you can't stop singing it. Like literally. And all I kept saying is, Lord, I don't want to be the one to come to you and I hit my freaking talent. Like, I don't want to be the one. Because then I start looking at myself and I start, I, I start doing some personal inventory and start saying, what are my superpowers? What are my superpowers? Like, what do I just do well? What is this a Wakia thing? You know what I'm saying? Like, a Wakia thing is 
girl, I can get people to talk to me about every and anything. Like, you know, <laughs> I could be on the bus, or I could be, I could be wherever I'm at. I can start talking to you. I don't care race, color, creed. I don't care what you, because you know what? I recognize one thing first and foremost, that you're a person. You got up just like me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just, you're a person, you know? Um, and so because of that, my superpower is I can get people to talk to me. I mean, about real personal stuff in minutes. Like I ain't got to have a long session in minutes. We're talking about real life. And um, so obviously that's a superpower or the fact that I have a lot of strength to lead without authority. Like, you know, like when I come into a room, the atmosphere shifts because when I bring Christ with me, you see what I'm saying? So when I walk into that room, people going to treat me different. People going to, you know, when I, when I talk, people going to listen to what I have to say, no matter what environment I'm in, no matter what, um, whether it's professional or personal, when I walk into that room, I fully expect because I walk into that room that that atmosphere has now shifted because I'm there. And when I open my mouth, I am fully expecting for people to stop and hear me. That is what I expect. Mm -hmm. I will accept nothing less. So because of those things, like those are my superpowers, right? I'm not afraid. Like I'm not, I'm not afraid to be me. Um, and I'm not afraid to see you. So as I started really checking and, and really watching that and, and watching that and I started saying, well, how can I use those? Cause those are mine. Those are things that God gave me special. And then people start telling me stuff like, you know what? You an encourager. Like, you know, I will be walking in the street and I would see someone, I would stop. I'm like, you know what? I just want you to know that you are loved today. You are beautiful to me today. Like you are beautiful. Or I would call friends up for no reason. I'm like, girl, you know, you just roll across my mind and I don't know what you're going through, but I just want you to know that you are loved. I loved you. I love you. You know what I'm saying? You are loved by me. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what nobody said. You are loved by somebody out here, you know, or I would send out those little hump day, those little hump day praise songs and people would write me back and say, hey, you know, that was right on time. You don't know how much I needed that or whatever. And so I started realizing another one of my powers was that I was an encourager. You see what I'm saying? So as I started looking at all these mm-hmm. little talents that God had given me, <laughs> I was like, why well, I got to use these things? Because, you know, time's getting short and I need to get on my game, people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't want, I ain't want time to run out. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here chilling on my, on my talents. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to explain that when I get right. up in there. So um, I was like, okay, so what can I do? And obviously talking to my beautiful sister every other week and we have these long conversations <laughs> and, you know, and you telling me about how, you know, you're pouring in people and how you're, you know, and like I told you before, one of the things that I admire about you the most is, is that you're so, you know, that, you, that, you're, vul- that you're vulnerable, like you're, and that's okay. And you walk in that and that's okay. And um, where I'm prepared to surround myself in bricks and be strong, <laughs> you're prepared to be like, oh, it's all right. No problem. You know, just. Fire at wheel. <laughs> and I was like, wow. But because of that, but because of that, that was allowing you, that's how you was able to go out here and touch so many people. So as I started watching you and I started watching other people um, open up, I was like, wow, you know, those are things that I really need to do. Like I need to be able to way to take my superpower and help people be better people, especially women. Because it's something about like I said, even when I was younger, I knew that there was something that I need to do better. I knew there was something that I deserved. I knew I, I deserved more than this. I, I you know, I deserve better than this. Um, but a lot of women don't know that. A lot of women don't understand it. A lot, a lot of women don't understand about just understand how to love themselves and understanding that you have value. And once I realized that I had value, I realized who gave me that value. You see what I'm saying? Right. 
Like, I realized God made me. Like, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, girl. Even when I put on five pounds, I was like, you know what, girl? You better stop playing. You are beautiful right now. You better work that thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, the five pounds, God, get, you know, you are fearfully and wonderfully made with the five pounds. You know, he made no mistake when he made you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I'm constantly talking to myself and, and, and everything, but I realize that most people don't have that. A lot of women don't have that. So that's what made me decide to go and start to help people you know, do something that they mind and think they can do, you know what I'm saying? To be their best self and to be these beautiful women and to be these strong, confident women in Christ and to understand that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and he has a plan for you, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so then I said, okay, well, let me go out here now and start trying to do this thing. And it was very hard for me because while I do have all this strength and while I have all this um, fire, one thing that gets me though is I don't like rejection. <laughs> so I have built my whole professional life based off of IT. With IT, it's either working or it's not. No, it ain't up for discussion. It's either working or it's not. Now, now we can discuss whether or not it's slow or not. Now that's always up for discussion. But ultimately, it's working or it's not. You see what I'm saying? So, and it doesn't require. It doesn't really require you to give me no opinions about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I don't care. Like your your opinion don't matter. I don't. My me getting this network up does not have anything to do with whether or not you say successful or not because it's either working or it's not. You see what I'm saying? Right. The moment I decided to go out here and do a water walker, it was a little scary because now I have to do a business based off of your personal opinion of me. Mm-hmm. That right there scared the crap out of me because mm, now you could reject me. I don't like, I don't like rejection. I don't like feeling, I don't like, and even though I'm smart enough to understand, so here's the trick. Logically, I'm smart enough to understand that you can't make me feel some kind of way. I can only allow you mm-hmm. to make me feel that way. Logically, I understand that. Mm-hmm. My heart though, my heart and my brain, sometimes there's a disconnect. <laughs> my <Right>. heart <laughs> still feels that pain. Like this joke just made me feel like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, and, and I was like that fear, that fear of, being rejected, that fear of, um, and you know, it is not, and it is easy for me to be rejected by a stranger because you're a stranger. I don't care. You don't know me. I don't, you don't know, you don't know me. I don't know you. We good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But the thought of me putting myself out there on front street girl for my friends and my family to see, and for them jokers to intentionally turn their back on that or not support that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just can't take that. I cannot take that. You know what I'm saying? And and because of it, and that's when I had to go back. And again, this is a journey I'm still on. I'm still on it. Like literally, ma'am, I'm on the path. I wish I was off the path, <laughs> but I'm still on the path with dealing with, wow, what if they just, what if nobody comes? What if nobody right. calls? What if nobody shows up? What if, what if, what if they determine that they, they check me out and they realize that I'm wanting that, I, you know, that I've been found lacking, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. where and then that whole thing is really just based off your own opinion there's no facts with it at all by mind you right it's so opinions and your life is based off of you know your life your life ideas are based off of you know um your experience your education and your observation right mm-hmm. that's what your that's what your, that's what your life perspective is based off of your experience your observations and your education so what my, edu- what my experience has taught me is that when it comes down to certain family or certain friends, they're, they're not dependable. You see what I'm saying? But yet out mm-hmm. their mouth, they say they love you, but their words, it's like I say, I say to people, your actions are so loud, I can't hear what you say. 
You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I have to get to the point where I'm having to depend on somebody else to validate what I'm doing, that right there was like an absolutely no. <laughs> like, absolutely. Right. I want to know, you know, I want to know parts of this, ma'am. <laughs> I want to know parts of nobody having the right to tell me that I ain't good enough. Like, I just, I just didn't want anybody to do that. And um, so that's when I, so, I, so for me to go to Water Walkers and start that, that's what, um, that was a struggle. And that's when I had to get to the point where saying where God asked me, now what? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the superpowers that he's blessed me with. And I'm trying to figure out, am I going to use them or, am I, or I'm not? And so at right. that point, that's when it's one of those things, like I said earlier, where a lot of times, you know, we all know right and wrong, but a lot of times it's not necessarily right and wrong. It's right and me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, what? uh-uh, I don't want to put myself out there, Lord. I ain't trying to put myself right. out there. But slowly but surely, you know, it's like, put yourself out there. And when I tell you ladies that I am still starting this thing, like I'm still going through it. Like I'm going to give y'all an example. Like yesterday, like, okay, so I started this workshop, got the workshop and it come off. And I put it online. I put it on, um, I put it on my local paper here and I put it on my local um, internet patch here and I put it on, um, hmm, I put it on Eventbrite, you know, whatever. But you know what I never did? I didn't send it to anybody I knew. I intentionally mm-hmm. didn't send it to anyone I knew. And so my husband was like, huh, who you been coming? I was like, listen, I find stuff all the time. And I ain't seen nobody send it to me. <laughs> right. I was like, no, God, will somebody show up? They'll show up. They'll find it. And But it's that fear like, of rejection. No. Right. But my fear of rejection, my fear of rejection is so strong to where I told myself, I can't. Like, I can't. The, the thought of me putting it out there for people to reject it or not show. And I, I said, not that you can't show. By all means, I, I totally understand people are busy and I get that. I said, but. You know, it's one of those things where it's just that feeling. It's that feeling of saying that, wow, you don't have value. Mm. You don't have value. And so even after all these years, I'm still going back and I'm still having God to come back and tell me, no, you have value. You're still fearfully and beautifully made. You know, wonderfully made. You know what I'm saying? So this is like a constant chatter. It's like a constant chatter. Like I say something, right. he's like, really? Really? That's what you got? After all this time, all right, let's go back to lesson one. Where we at? Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I completely, but, you know, 100% so, get it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And so now, I must honestly admit, yesterday I did sit it out to all my friends. Woo-hoo, yay me, yay me. <laughs> you know, and I did get people to start buying tickets. Yay, woo So, you know, um, you know, but it, it was one of those things where, you know, just trying to constantly go out, you know, um, conquer your fear. Because the devil will constantly tell you, and it, ain't it don't even have to be the devil at this point, because the devil sometimes can plant a seed deep enough. Now, he ain't got to do no more work. He ain't got to do no more work. Right. It's like, you know, you know, those plants that people have in their offices, like the spider plants or whatever, that you really, they can stick a bee mm-hmm. in the office. They don't require a lot of water. They don't require no real sunlight. They just require regular light. You know, and them jokers mm-hmm. will grow all over your office if you let it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's how sometimes, that's how the devil sometimes can plant stuff in your, your mind, where it can be like that spider plant, where it don't take a lot for it to grow. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So in my case, with me having to deal with that, um, with me having to deal with that whole thing again with the rejection thing, just that one, me having to start up and send, and send a, send my podcast out or send my um, invite out for my workshop, those things right there, girl, just was, it was like a spider plant going all over again. And I had to go back and talk myself out of the beginning. Like, listen, I'm going to need you to get your life together, man. I'm going to stop playing. Like, <laughs> mm. Either you trust God or you don't. Like, what you doing? Either he's going to trust you or he's not. And even if people reject it and if people don't, and if people reject it, and if people don't come, then that's okay. Cause I'm gonna do exactly what God told me to do, and I'm gonna be there anyway. And 
if people come, great. And if they don't, great. But no matter what, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be prepared. Right. And after well, I finish this, so people much. move me to the next thing. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was so amazing. Um, so I want to have you share um, where people can find you and if they want to work with you, where they can book a session. Okay. So, <laughs> so right after, right after tell it, right after tell um, of that story, you want to take me into this? That's what we're doing. Okay, cool. Yep. I want so, you to um, self-promote. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's what we're doing right away. Just go put it right out there right away. Okay. So, um, so you can find me on waterwalkers.net. That is waterwalkers.net. Waterwalkers.net is pretty much a professional organization. It's an organization where I help professional women um, overcome mental strongholds and live a more purpose-driven life, right? So it's one of those things where there I am, you know, um, coaching you not just on how to be a better professional, which is obviously very important, but also how to get to the point where you're no longer chasing paper, but you start chasing your purpose, you know, so it's, you know, there we talk about, you know, I do a lot of, you know, um, reflection, introspection, and then of course, vision, you know, what is that vision? Because what I believe is, is the eyes of your head give you sight, but the eyes of your heart give you vision, and a lot of times we're walking and we don't have that. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So at waterwalkers.net, that's what I help you do. I help you do something the most impossible, which is walk on water. You know what I'm saying? Do that, do that thing that only Jesus and Peter have ever done. So if you want to work with me, reach out to me at waterwalkers.net. Take the contact form, fill, fill it out, a couple little things, send it to me, and I will be right there and we can talk and we can figure out what's the next step um, to move forward. Yeah. So. Feel, feel free to reach out to me, ladies. I'm here. As you can tell, Thank I'm a little so loud much. and crazy, but it's all right. <laughs> right. It's like we're, we're sisters and we have so much in common, but we also are so different at the same time. <laughs> so different. Like, so, so different. Like, I, like, she, like um, Kiva is totally like my, like, you're like my, you're like my, my um quieter, like, you know, more calm stuff. Like, inside of me, there's Tima. Just like inside of Tima, there's a Wakia. You see what I'm saying? Like, man, like, what? What do you mean? What? <laughs> oh yes. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I know I am confident that this conversation is going to bless so many lives. So I'm so grateful that you decided to step out on faith and to be a water walker yourself and lead by example. Um, so yeah, if you're interested, uh, all her information to her website, podcast also, and how you can work with her will be listed in the description box of this podcast. And that's it for us. So if you have any thoughts you want to share, you can reach out via email um, and let me know or on Instagram. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode of From Fear to Faith. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Talk to you later. All right, talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>